Welcome to Round Rock Church of Christ. We're glad you're listening. If you're in the Austin area, we'd love to have you join us this Sunday at 8.30 or 10 a.m. Or you can check us out and watch online at roundrockchurch.us. May God bless you as you seek Him, and may He use this message to give you exactly what you need. Good morning, church. How are we doing so far? Good. Okay. All right. Good. Just want to make sure we're awake this morning. Hey, if we have not met before, uh, my name is Zane Witcher. I'm the preaching minister here. And uh, as uh, Tim said, uh, we started a series called Tough Talks a couple weeks ago. And we are in the middle of that series. Uh, This week has been a unique week. Uh, Our leadership has spent time together. Uh, You can go ahead and set up if you want. This man's not random. He's about to preach, okay? (laughs) Just to give you some calm there. Uh, our leadership this week has spent massive amounts of time together uh, praying and listening and working on the future of our church. And in weeks to come, we're going to talk more about that and what that has looked like for us so far. Also this week, uh, the ministers actually went out and were at a conference uh, together, also working on the future of our church together in which I was also on as well. So I have invited a friend this week, just because it has been a week, uh, by the name of Kyle Bowen. Uh, That last name may ring a bell for some of you. Uh, He is going to preach and bring the word for us this morning uh, while I have been out of town. Uh, As we take a pause to do this, uh, I'm going to pray for Kyle and then we're going to have the ring of scripture. Uh, I do want to pause though for a minute and I just also want us to pray uh, for our nation. Uh, This week has been a really rough week in our nation. Uh, Earlier this past week, there was a mass shooting uh, out in LA uh, with a predominantly Asian community. Uh, And a lot of Asian Americans are coming to church today, very much hurting. Uh, Also in Memphis, there is anger right now and there's mourning over the loss of the life of black young man by uh, Ty Nichols, uh, or Tyree Nichols. Um, and uh, I just wanna pray for those things because I think uh, we need peace in our nation right now. And a lot of people right now are not at peace. So if you wanna pray with me and then we'll uh, turn it over to Kyle. Uh, So, God, that you say that your people are uh, a light on a hill. Uh, Jesus, we pray that we need that light. Uh, There is darkness around us right now. God, can can you break our hearts this morning? God, we want you to know that as we sing these, uh, these words, uh, it is not lost on us, uh, the hurt and the pain and the mourning that you feel and other people feel this week. God, we pray for the families of those who have just lost life for just no reason. God, we pray that you bring righteousness and justice God, we pray that you bring healing. And Jesus, we mean it. We we say the words come quickly uh, because we are 
We are not doing this well on our own. We need your kingdom and we need your healing. God, can you convict us? Can you help us be a light on a hill this week? Can your Holy Spirit bring about peace and goodness in our reactions, in our words, in our conversations, and in the different ways we live out your name? So Holy Spirit, as we open your words this morning, may you open our hearts to receive every good promise and every good conviction and every good comfort that we need to receive this morning. Holy Spirit, illuminate our hearts by your words that you've given us and your people and all God's people together pray. Amen. Okay, um, the scripture this morning is going to be John 10, 1 through 4, 10 and 11. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Thank you so much for the reading of the word. Round Rock, it is great to be with you this morning. It was a joy to worship with y'all this morning. Like Zane said, my name is Kyle Bowen. I figured, I was thinking about my connections to this church when Zane asked me to preach here. And I was thinking, how do I introduce myself? And I realized that a lot of you know somebody very adjacent to me, and that somebody might actually be multiple someones. So, for introduction, I am Brandon Bowen's brother, so I think I'm closer to heaven just because of that. You can take that either way. I am Matthew Woodrow's cousin. Hi, Matthew. Um... I am the Director of Leadership Development at Chick-fil-A Abilene, meaning I worked for years with Carolina Witcher, so that was fun. Zane and I, this is interesting, we were at a social club event in college together, because Zane and I did ACU together, we were both Bible majors, and we won cutest couple <laughs> at a social club event without trying. Because apparently that's how handsome we are or something. I don't know. Uh, I did not show the picture, but if you want the picture, I'll send it to you so you can make fun of Zane. I'm getting married in April to my wonderful fiance, Ashlyn. Hi. Y'all can meet her afterwards. She's lovely. And I just turned 29. So that's kind of my way of introducing myself, even looking around the room. I go to church with the Strands in Abilene, so this is like, man, I just have so many wonderful connections to this church, um, and this is a weird thing to say, but y'all have loved me well by loving my people well, so thank you, church. 
When I hear the wonderful scripture that was read this morning, I hear the words of Jesus saying that he has come to bring life and life to the full. And to be honest, I don't feel that right now. If anything, I feel stretched thin. I feel like I'm running on fumes. I probably shouldn't have said yes to this opportunity after reading the scripture and reflecting some. I was like, I am doing the opposite of what I am preaching today, so apologies there. But here's a little bit about what's going on in my life that might be stretching me thin, making me run on fumes. So I'm planning a wedding right now, and it's awesome. I'm loving it. I'm excited. It's a wonderful thing, planning a wedding. But I'm looking at some of the married faces around the world, and you've got the same deer-in-the-headlights looks that I have most of the time, where you're reflecting back going, oh, that, that was a hard time. We had a lot to do, and there's lots of opinions, and you're just trying to like, okay, what do we do? What do we do, right? I also turned 29. And I realized something, um, 29 isn't old, keep telling myself that, 29 isn't old, but 29 is just as close to 40 as it is 18, and that's a weird place to be in life, because a lot's happened since I was 18, and I know probably even more will happen before I'm 40. And I'm, I've been thinking, okay, I kind of wound up at 29. What do I want to be true in my life at 40 that isn't true now? What do I want? And so I've been putting that pressure on myself of trying not to have a midlife crisis, honestly. It's like, okay, how do I, how do, I do this well at 40? It's also a new year. And with a new year comes, right, new year, new me, trying to reset a lot of my goals, try trying to engage with scripture more, engage with prayer more, and there's just a lot of more happening with the new year, and you might be in the same way. I'm also in charge of launching a big new initiative at work. We are trying to get every single member of our team paired with a mentor, uh, and I've got 150 people that I am trying to coach on coaching and mentoring and all that, and it's wonderful. It's just a lot. I also am both in a church small group and I lead a church small group for college students in High, at Highland and Abilene. Um, and that's a lot, and it's good, but it means that two nights of the week aren't fully mine on top of everything else, right? I've also, I know it doesn't look like it, but I've been trying to work out. Uh, and that, it's good, but. It's like, okay, I have energy, but I'm also tired. I'm sore. Walking is more of a struggle than it used to be. I've also officiated a couple weddings recently. I've also been traveling for the holidays. We were fortunate to host my parents for Christmas, and nobody had told me before how much stocking stuffers cost. Uh, and there, there's just a lot. And the thing to note about this list is that if we examine it, it's all good things. I'm excited about each of these things, right? It's not negative, bad experiences that are making me run on fumes. It's good thing, good thing, great thing, wonderful thing, 
But when you add them all together, I don't feel like I'm living life to the full. Instead, I identify more with a philosopher you may have heard of by the name of Bilbo Baggins, who said this quote, I feel thin, stretched, like butter scraped over too much bread. And that's how I feel in life right now. But I know I'm not the only one. I was talking with my buddy Caleb at work uh, about work-life balance, and I was trying to help him achieve it. Uh, and what I found the hard thing to do with work-life balance is I was like, well, uh, here's a great book. Here's a great video to watch, but none of this is helping achieve work-life balance. It's actually just doing the opposite. It's saying, hey, to get what more work-life balance, here's more work to do to hopefully do that. And I think in the long run it would work, but it's hard to tell somebody that, right? Of like, just trust me, it's more work. You're already overwhelmed, but do more to do less, right? Uh, and it's good stuff. It's just hard. Uh, talking again at work, we have mental health coaching provided to our team, and I was talking to one of our senior leaders about it, and she's like, I think all of us should do this if we only had the time, right? And all of us are sitting there trying to figure out how do we become healthy people while also not doing activities that hinder our health. I uh, did a wedding recently for a couple at church who also happened to work for me. And they went to Antigua, which is beautiful. And when they arrived, they noticed couples leaving this honeymoon resort who were kind of doing the walk of shame on the way out. And they were laughing day one, day two, because they realized that every couple wanted more vacation. And then it came time for them to leave, and they recognized that they were doing the walk of shame themselves. Because even our vacations take work, and our vacations aren't long enough to actually restore us. I've also seen spirituality contests where I've participated in them with my own self of going, I don't feel as close to God as I used to. At that retreat, I fell on fire for God. Now I don't. What do I do? And so, okay, let me read the Bible more. Let me pray more. Let me add more stuff to my plate. And all of it just seems to wind up with me running on fumes, stretched thin, empty. Not that beautiful image that Jesus presents in John 10 of life to the full. So let's look at that passage again. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him, because they know his voice. 
The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And I, when I was planning this sermon, Zane asked me to do something that I was familiar with, and I chose John 10 because uh, I really like this verse here. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That part's a bit weird. We'll ignore that. But here's the part I like. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And I was like, that's a great line. I love that line. And when rereading this passage, I was like, oh, I like that verse. What's the rest of it mean? I was a little bit confused. Kind of felt like I was getting called a sheep. Wasn't sure what that meant or what to do with that, right? Uh, but there's a couple things to note in this passage. One, Jesus promises us life to the full. And the sheep will follow the shepherd's voice. And that's where I got for like three days planning this sermon. I was like, why am I a sheep? What is going on in this passage? But then I went back to see who Jesus addresses. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees. And I was like, oh, wonder if there's anything there. And a few things to note. So in this time, the Pharisees are the good guys. I know in Scripture a lot of times the Pharisees are the bad guys. There's the people Jesus fights with continually, which is fun that it's like Jesus had like a rival gang. Um, but the Pharisees are the good guys in, in Jesus' time. They're the guys that if you needed anything done, you would call them, right? A lot of times for us in the Church of Christ, it's the elders. It's like, who do you know who will, at the drop of a hat, come help you, right? Who is your first phone call when your truck breaks down and you have to get to work? It's like, okay, let me call an elder. Let me call a minister. These are the people that are known for doing good things. But why Jesus and the Pharisees repeatedly clash in the Gospels is that repeatedly the Pharisees are telling people, you need to do more because doing more is good. Doing more is what brings righteousness. Doing more will bring you closer to God. And Jesus is saying, no, I am enough. I will do the work. I will do the heavy lifting. You need to surrender. And the Pharisees are saying, no, you do more. You work your way forward. Because, and this was honestly not that bad of a thought for the Pharisees, because the Pharisees thought it was their job to bring back the Messiah. They wanted restoration. They wanted holy life. They wanted good things. And they said, okay, if all of us are sin-free for one day, maybe the Messiah will come back. Which is why they are always mad when Jesus' disciples are doing things that break the rules. It's not a sin, but maybe, you know, maybe if we don't break any rules today, that's when the Messiah will come back. That's when life will be good. That's when life will be to the full, when we all are perfect. That's when Jesus will come. And this is, the, this is why Jesus is fighting with them, because when the Pharisees say more is better, 
Jesus says, I am enough. You don't have to keep adding more and more and more on. Jesus is just saying, hey, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Come to me. I've got this. I am enough. And the Pharisees say, you do the work? Jesus says, I'll do the work. And this isn't just in this one passage of Scripture. If we go over to Ezekiel 34, which I know we don't get into Ezekiel a lot, but Ezekiel's several hundred years before Jesus' time, and God is still saying this same message to his people. And what I want you to know here is look at who is doing all the work. Look at who is doing all the work. For this, this is what the sovereign Lord says. This is what God says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I, God, look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel and the ravines and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. And what I love here does go back. That's good. And what I love in this passage is who did all that work? Who did all that work? Who did all the work? It was God. And throughout Scripture, God again and again tells this message to us, I am enough. I've got it. And if we look back at that last verse John 10, verse 11, Jesus brings us the gospel. And he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And in all this sheep language, we can get distracted and miss the cross. And don't get distracted by the sheep and miss the cross in this passage. Because what Jesus is saying is, I will lay down my life on the cross for you. And Jesus has laid down his life on the cross for us to bring us life. And that is gospel right there, church. That is gospel. It is not us. It is not us that does anything. It is Jesus on the cross, and it has been done for us. Can I get an amen? Can I get a louder amen? There we go, because that's beautiful, right? There is nothing, there is nothing that you or I can do to add on to Jesus' work. Jesus brought it to the full. Full is 100%, and unlike what your high school football coach said, 
You cannot do 110%. Full is full, and Jesus is enough. That is the gospel in this passage, is that Jesus on the cross has done everything necessary for us. And that's not just true in heaven, right? Jesus didn't say, you will have life after you die, because that's a weird statement, right? Jesus says, I have brought you life to the full. That's true in heaven. That's true in Round Rock, Texas. Jesus is enough in heaven. Jesus is enough in Round Rock, Texas. So when those storms come, when those trials come, Jesus is enough. And I, I know that's hard to believe. I know that's hard to faithfully live out, right? Because when those storms come, when those trials come, when that cancer diagnosis comes, when your whole life is falling apart and everything that you had placed security in is falling apart, when the people that you counted on to be there are not there, you, you want something to hold on to. You want something to give you comfort. You want that life raft. You want Jesus plus, right? Going back to the sheep imagery, sure, the shepherd's fine, but if a storm's coming, I'd rather have a barn. Right? I don't, I, don't, I don't care if somebody's in the storm with me. I, do, I don't want to be in the storm. But that's not the promise of Scripture, is that we'll always have barns, because we all know that's a lie. The world will tell us, if you build up enough stuff, you'll be safe, and we all know that's a lie. We've all gone through way too much stuff to believe that. Because even when we've had everything, our lives have still fallen apart, right? Let's just call that for what it is. That's a lie. But Jesus says, when everything is falling apart, when you feel like a sheep out in a storm by yourself and you're already seeing the wolves coming for you, Jesus doesn't say, I'll build you a barn. Jesus says, I'm in it with you. I'm there by your side. And if you surrender to me, if you follow my voice, if you hear me, I will lead you to safety. I'm in the storm with you. I'm not up high in a cloud. I am next to you, beside you, leading you. Because I am your good shepherd, and I have come to bring life to you to the full. Jesus plus does not work because it doesn't need to work. Jesus has come to bring us life to the full, and everything that we try to fill that hole with besides Jesus just blocks Jesus from doing what he does best, bringing life to us. So church, how do we invite Jesus in today? How do we listen to his voice? How do we surrender to him? Because this isn't a doing more sermon. This is honestly a doing less sermon, which should be a good, exciting thing, right? We get too many doing more sermons. We need to surrender to Jesus.
to find that voice, to find our shepherd. So three ways, three things. You can take one of these. You can take none of them. You can make up your own. But on the way home, when I'm driving back to Ablin, what I'll be talking about with Ashlyn, and when y'all are driving home, here's what I want you to talk about instead of, was that guy any good or not? Because I don't really care. Here's what I want you talking about. Because it's not my sermon that's going to save you. It's not my sermon that's going to bring you life. It's Jesus. So how can we, as a family, get closer to Jesus? How can we surrender to him? So maybe it's building silence and solitude into your daily rhythm. It's pretty hard hearing the shepherd's voice when we're already full of other noises, right? Our thoughts dictate so much of our lives and actions, and when we are constantly bombarding ourselves with noise, sometimes we miss the shepherd. Does that look like a minute of silence? Two minutes of silence? An hour of silence? I saw somebody on staff was doing an hour of time with God every day, and I was like, that's fantastic. I'm at like a minute, though. So, like, don't get scared by big numbers. Um, One thing I'm doing, I'll be honest, I have a two-minute commute to work, which is way better than anybody in Round Rock has, probably. Uh, On my drive, some days I, like, won't have Spotify or the radio playing. It's, I I know, it's scary. Uh, But I'm just going, okay, how do I give myself two minutes with God? Just in silence, letting him speak, not me trying to fill that up. Maybe it's creating margin. Maybe it's saying no to something. And I'll be honest, uh, you'll probably have to say no to some good things because the things keep coming and the good things keep wanting to pile onto your plates. I remember sophomore year of college, Zane and I said that we would say no to one thing before we said yes to another thing. And here we are nine years later, ten years later, and we, we've still got busy lives. It's not like you. this is a one-time commitment, which I'm sure people even older than us with kids are like, that's so many yeses, right? And it's like, okay, let's say no. Let's create some margin so that God can operate. And then let's also switch from an improvement mindset to a pasture mindset. This is weird. I'm going back to sheep imagery, right? But a lot of times when I approach Scripture, and these are more talking to me, and you can make them talk to you however you want. But a lot of times when I approach Scripture, when I approach prayer, I'm talking about how do I get closer to God? How do I be a better Christian? How do I be better? How do I do more? I'm trying to improve. I'm trying to march my way up to the mountain. And God's call is not be the best Christian possible. It's saying, hey, meet me, follow me, listen to me, and I'll bring you rest. I'll bring you pasture. I'll bring you water. I'll bring you grass. I'll bring you the sustenance that you need. And so I think sometimes it's our very mindset of how we do the things we do. Maybe for you it's, Just going, okay, I'm going to read the Bible. And if afterwards I don't have three action steps to bring out of my five-minute Bible study, it's all right. I've spent time with the sustainer of my life. 
That's all I need. And so I think sometimes our very mindset holds us back. So how do we listen to God? How do we accept that he's enough? How do we proclaim that he is the Lord and Savior of our lives? We surrender to his will, and we listen to the good shepherd, and he will bring us life to the full. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for not making us the architects of our future. Thank you for being the one who gives us life to the full. Thank you, God, for helping us move forward in the way we need based on your voice, God. Help us to listen to you. Help us to find you. And help us to feel your life everlasting, God. In Jesus' name, amen.